Good evening. I don't know if you can hear me, but I can't get my music to play. Let's see if it works now. Oh, my computer is not working very well. Oh, the people coming in, though. So anyway, good evening and welcome to the Late Late Chat Show with me, Toby Payne-Cook, and my good friend, my excellent friend, Mr. Ed Finch. Um, I can't get my music to play, so you are listening to Teachers Talk Radio. This is me broadcasting live from a different room, theoretically with better Wi-Fi signal. But um, anyway, there we go. So... I don't know if you can hear me. Tim and Lucy, good evening. Can you hear me? Clearly. Um, I just want to know what's going on with my uh, music. Yes and yes, good. Oh, well, I'll try and play the intro music. No? Okay. I don't know. Okay, well, Ed hopefully will try and join in a moment. Good. I'm glad you can hear me. That's fantastic. I've got problems with the news loading. Um, so I might not be able to play the news today, which for which I apologise, and all the adverts. Is Ed going to come and try? I tell I had slight technical problems. I know he's around. Um, ooh, he's there. Yes. I don't know if he can ring in. Um, oh, this is very weird. Last week it was very strange because I didn't have Ed with me because he was mid-Ofsted. Oh, here he is. Um, Ed Finch is in. Invite. Yes, there we go. Ah, oh, hello, Edward. Hello. Oh, that's better. Good. Yeah. Human um, beings. Human beings. Go. Human beings. Yeah, last week was weird. I was talking to the wall for hours and um, uh, on the well, it felt like hours, and I didn't have your voice quite to sort of try and stop me from speaking. Um, <laughs> well, you weren't it. meant to be. You were meant to be speaking for hours. That was the aim, wasn't it? I, I know, but it wasn't quite the same. Oh, I don't. Well. I think. I think I'm looking forward to tonight because we are. Um, together we're not too sort of scripted or prescriptive we've not seen each other for a while so i think we should be back to our sort of spontaneous best so our, <laughs> our last our last two shows have been weird one has been with me on my own and one was us sort of a, a few hours having spent a lot of time in each other's company so um, i've noticed that tom uh, rogers is on in the live studio i apologize tom um i accidentally so many shows have been loaded up onto the podbean app that i was about to broadcast in tomorrow night's late late show and then i realized two minutes beforehand um, <laughs> that uh um oh dear that doesn't say the late late show with toby and ed at the top of the broadcast thing it said um the late late show with Declan, someone I think tomorrow night. Tune into Declan at nine o'clock to find out. I bet who he he's is. terrific. I bet he's really, really professional. I bet he's much more professional than us. And, <laughs> he has notes and, and everything. And, and, and Tom's telling us he's not called Declan. Um, yes, it's tomorrow. Ha ha ha. So that's why. So I came out quickly, went back in, and now mm. I can't get the news bit to to load. So oh. um, and I couldn't get I couldn't get the music to play. But it doesn't matter. We're on air. We're here. We're on Teachers so what Talk people Radio. People are listening for is you and me. That's it's right. Like, it is. It is. So f first things first, Ed, how yeah. are you? Are you have you recovered from your um, I mean, ordeals the wrong word. It is part of the job, but it's it's the hardest and toughest and most stressful part of the job. It's um, one of the harder and more stressful parts of the job. That's true. But I don't think it's the hardest and most stressful, if I'm honest. Um, and we oh, were that's lucky. Good that's good to know. Do you know what? I would rather don't I tell you. So I've got uh, caveats on that. So I would say that the inspectors I had last week were warm and human and sufficiently recently in the job of leading schools that they that they got it, you know. Um, I didn't feel that uh, we were being done to in some terrible way and it was it was OK. I've had really awful Ofsted experiences where I felt that the team had come in to try and shoot us down. But the one I had last week was, I think, probably a good example of how it's meant to be. And so I can't complain too much. If all lost eds were like the one I had last week, you know, I wouldn't have so many problems with the whole regime as I do. The problem is that you, you're still very much, you know, a lottery of who walks through the door. Um, and I had, I had some good folks, so I was, I was all right. But and how um, many did you have? You, you, you're a school of 150-ish, aren't you? A primary school. 53, as we currently stand. 153. We had, um, you know, we had two inspectors on day one, and then one inspector on day two, and I don't really quite understand it, but um, that pattern has also occurred in other schools, to my knowledge, in recent days. So that's how it worked. I mean, that meant there was two inspectors on the day that they're focusing on curriculum. They got two people, so they can hammer um four deep dives boom 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 yeah quite tiring 
What were your deep uh, dives on? Day when they're talking more about funding and spending and things, then maybe it makes more sense just to have one person drilling down. Yeah. I don't really understand it, I know. And, I and what, were your, what were your deep dives on? What were your um, thoughts? I'd say, I'd probably don't say that. We, well, everybody's going to get early reading that in primary. That's an absolute given. That's There's no no question about that. That's in the framework. We all get early reading and phonics. Yeah. And then you've got to do something else in the morning. So it could be all sorts of things. But the fact is, what do other people t- mostly teach in the morning? Maths. The answer is maths. So it's very, very unlikely that it wouldn't be early reading and phonics and maths yeah. in the morning. And then in the afternoon, it's all to play for. So, we, you know, and there's a conversation between the inspector, the head, you know, the head inspector, and the you. inspector and yeah. the head teacher, which is me, saying, you know, what do we think would be good to look at? And we looked at MFL and geography and, you know, you know, yeah. but we could have argued for something else. And I'm absolutely sure if I'd said, listen, I really want you to take a look at my DT curriculum and see how we're doing on that. I'm really quite sure that they would have been happy to do that, which not everybody gets. You know, some people say, no, the, the lead inspector had already decided they wanted to look at X and Y for some reason, you know, because they've been scrutinizing your website for about fortnight. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. More. So they Absolutely. might have come in and gone, I think they might come in and said, I just think it's really interesting what you seem to be doing with art. And we'd really like to look at that because that's interesting. Or they might have said, we've had a look at PHSCE and we don't really think it ticks the boxes. We'd like to properly look at that. That If your website is compliant and reasonably detailed, that's not going to happen because they're going to see that everything is is there. Yeah. Other than that, so, uh, so that was yeah, your curriculum look and stuff. Of course, I can't talk about the uh, results of the no, you can't. You can't published, but um, you know, it was a thing. We're it having this thing at the moment in our trust. Um, I mean, I think some of the people who yeah, Dan Morrow, you you've had you've had nine inspections in in something like is that right in in the trust in yeah, the last I mean, since well, the week before Easter. Now. It's up to the eleven now. Eleven. We seem to be getting two a week. Bang, 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 bang. Of course, for me, last week was the week, and there was a lot of pressure on me. But it was two days. You know, they phoned me on the Tuesday and it was done by the Thursday. Yeah. For um, leaders in the trust who are going to all these inspections, and, you know, in their roles and a part of it, it is, you know, that's a lot of time they're spending on it. And, of course, that's time they're not spending on, on other stuff. Job, you know? Yeah. So, it's... really, there's quite a genuine question to be asked there. You know, is... It's a bit yeah, daft. You've got a whole, you've got a whole trust to account. But Dan has now had probably a nearly identical conversation with 11 different inspectors all of the time, taking them away from, you know, doing other bits of leading the trust, which might make more of a difference to the education young people get. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's an odd thing. Well, I've never heard of them going through a trust like that before. Well, it's a relatively new thing. That that, how, How new is it that trusts of that, of your size, exist now you're, you're big in primary but not particularly big in secondary aren't you three secondaries and what is it 14 16 yeah, primaries well 14 primaries that are formally within the trust two is which we have a sort of a management relationship and maybe they'll align further and want to come into the trust you know yeah um, so yeah it's quite it is much more primaries and they've been going through the primaries um boom 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 they've done two of the secondaries now um right okay so, you know, none of these results have been published, by the way, you know, so we can't talk about no, that no. too much. But it's, um, no. we've all been, you know, for a lot of us, we've been saying, come on, let's just get this over with, actually. We think we, we're running good schools and we think we're doing a good job by our communities. And the longer you spend looking over your shoulder, the the less energy you've got to, to do the right thing. Um, so I think most of us are just pretty relieved that uh, that process has gone and yeah. we've got you know, we've got our eyes on the prize rather than the eyes on the inspectors. Yeah, nice. Really, you know, uh, but it's a, it's a lot of work for Dan. It's a lot of work for quite a few other members of the trust who, like, every mo- every Monday they go into work with a to-do list and then, you know, calls come in and they're just aware that that to-do list is probably going to be there when they, you know, when yeah. the inspectors have gone and they'll have a couple of days left at the end of the week to try and do everything they'd hope to accomplish in their week. But sort of education's been, uh, it feels like it's probably been a bit like that for a while for a lot of people. I, I, I don't know. That's a bit like, that's teaching in general, isn't it? The to-do list is often um, there's a lot of good intents at the start of a term, the start of a week. 
Um, and then things happen, don't they? That's the nature of schools well, and, is, and, yeah, human no, beings, and human beings. And that's so, exactly uh, how it goes. That's one of the reasons we love it, isn't it, in schools? It is. It is. We, it's the yeah, spontaneity of it. I mean, you know, you, you've got your routine and your timetable, but apart from that, today, it's totally spontaneous. I'll tell you what I did today. Today, I, uh, because I've got various people off sick and in hospital and all sorts, basically, <laughs> I ended up taking the trip off to the nature reserve. So I went with a bunch of very cheery young people, went off to a nature reserve where we met up with about a hundred other young people from across our trust. We had a day of pond dipping and catching mini beasts and lighting fires and, you know, the proper, proper stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, do you know what? I was very privileged to see the wood white butterfly. I don't know if you were familiar with the wood white butterfly. But I am not quite, that familiar with it, no. Well, I wasn't familiar is with it. Is it related to the cabbage white butterfly? Who blinking knows? It's a butterfly. It's white, probably. Well, it's got um, white butterfly in it, so cabbage white, white wood I white. Would, honestly, had I not known that there was this exceptionally rare, one of Britain's rarest butterflies, this nature reserve we were at is famed for it. Had that not been the case, I would have seen a flappy white thing go past and presumed it was a cabbage white. But instead, I, uh, I uh, looked a little closer and it was this very rare beast and we were very... Privileged to see it. So, you know, this is a good thing. I feel like, yeah, go on, you're privileged to see it. You saw that, that's exciting, yes. And well, I mean, what's the privilege is that, you know, this week was not meant to be about me getting on mini buses and going on um, nature trips. It was meant to be about me crashing quite a few documents that are desperately needed for Monday, apparently. But, you know, needs must, things change. You look around, you go, well, there's no one else to do it. I'm not having the children miss out on this opportunity, so away we go. Lovely. And you know, your butterfly story has prompted a um, a deviation um, from me. Uh, yeah. So I was once in Amsterdam on a training course when I worked with Pfizer. I was relaxing in the evening in the way one may do in Amsterdam. Um, a quiet beer? A quiet, the yeah, Amsterdam equivalent of a quiet beer. And, um, and I was having a conversation with a local whilst relaxing in my Amsterdam equivalent with of a light beer um or, or a coffee um and i was having a conversation about and a, and a cabbage white butterfly flew past and i mm -hmm. said what do you call that in dutch and they said bloom coal and, and i said i said bloom coal butterfly right and they said no cabbage white but and i said i want to know what what it is in Dutch for the full thing the cabbage white butterfly mm -hmm. and they just kept saying bloom coal and i found this in my Amsterdam equivalent of a beer, you found this um, I found this hysterical for minutes on end that, yeah. that the Dutch could have a very specific word for what we need three words for. But I'm pretty sure it was lost in translation that the Bloomkoll is indeed butterfly and not cabbage white butterfly. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. If anyone listening to this live speaks Dutch or knows what the Dutch for butterfly or indeed the Dutch for cabbage white butterfly is, please type it in. Um, um, anyway, oh yeah, oh Tom. Oh, he's just liked the show. I thought he might've been replying um, for his <laughs> traveling, traveling nature of his teaching in every foreign country in the land um, may have known the answer to that. Anyway, right, we're 13 and a half minutes in, Ed. Um, we, we, should we just do a quick chat about our, our Devon stuff? Because I haven't seen you since I saw lots of you. Um, mm -hmm. And um, Ed, everybody, listening met my mother i mean Did? you know with without being rude um what was that what was that experience like for you oh she's it was like meeting somebody's mother she's, <laughs> i mean you built her up so much there was no way she could deliver on on her billing you know so no, i just okay. uh, i met a very uh, elderly old elderly lady who uh, jubilee obsessed elderly lady yeah, yeah. she the royals i think it's fair to say that she likes she, she gave like, you a good quiz like some of the royals she doesn't she's... like all the royals i definitely no. picked up that she had <laughs> royals that she liked more than others yeah um yeah. and you know she took me to task a little on my um, i <laughs> presume you'd dob me in as a uh, as a as republican a <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's, that's not on my biog you know i mean <laughs> I wear certain things pretty loudly. I think you know. I think most yeah. people who know me sort of get the humanism and the uh, and the lefty bit down, but most of them don't have me down as a Republican, front and centre. That was her opinion. 
Well, it was topical. I, she, wasn't she took, it? topical. I took to her. She took to me. I think she. She really liked her. you. She thought. She thought. You, well, I mean, it's hard not to. To be honest, you are one of you. Are, it's just you know, you're a great guy, and it's great to know you, and it's great to call you a friend. And um, she she did. She really did like you. She thought you were a lovely guy. Anyway, um, so then we went for a walk, didn't we, out at um, out at Heartland, and we 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 and and. And of course, a walk that I've done several times before, but a walk you've never done before. So, so yeah. what do you want to say about that walk, Ed? I, well, I liked it. I just want to say I love a coastal walk. That is my favourite walk is a coast path, just about. So we had a lovely think... coast path, amazing rocks. You know, we were, you know, that was one of the things we thought talking about, uh, considering talking about tonight, wasn't it? Great, that great love of a of a foldy, crinkled up rock, a bedding yeah. plane. I love that. Plane. I love it. I love a crease. I love thinking about that. Being there. I love it. I love a crease. What was it? I and it was my... really hot. We were walking. It was really hot. So just at the moment when you were starting to think, you know what, this is a bit hot. Then we went, turned inland and we went up a little river valley and it was all wooded and green and cool and gorgeous. And there was this amazing tree which had sort of bifurcated and come together again and again and again. It was some sort of a sport, I think. That was really interesting. And then up to this church with the great story of St. Necton. I didn't know about St. Necton, but that was a great story. Oh, it was story. a great story, wasn't it, about how St. Necton walked with his head chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> he carried his head in his hands. Before. There's lots of people who know the north coast of um, Devon and Cornwall. Well, well, they'll have heard of St. Necton because there's lots of St. Necton's churches. Yeah. There's a tourist attraction called St. Necton's Glen, uh, just uh, north... Of that place where King Arthur almost certainly Tintagel. Tintagel. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'd heard of St. Necton a lot, but I never heard his story of how he was involved in a in a, in a, a fairly minor robbery, but got his head cut off. But it was all right because he picked it up and carried it along. It got stuck back on again, didn't it? If yes, you don't it got sainted for being able to stick your head back on then. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Charlie's just put in the chat, Ed, you're making rocks sound a bit naughty. Um, well, you rock yeah. is naughty. If you don't have a furtive <laughs> feeling when you're around a lovely creased up rock, oh, yeah. come on. Come I, on. on. It is one of my, I mean, people listening probably who know me quite well um, will know that I, I think I retweeted it um, in response recently to you. But but from last year, when I was looking at some of the folds and 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 I don't know what the right word for it is, but it's faults, crevices, crevices, faults, folds, fissures, whatever, um, at, at Heartland Key, where you've got what should be these flat horizontal layers of sedimentary rock, and they're all gnarled and buckled and twisted around each other, like you know, and this huge force that's happened, you know, with the collision of tectonic plates and, and dating back to the Veriscan Orogeny. Of oh, what, I love that. I don't really know what it means. I just like saying it. Well, origin, orogeny, orogeny. I mean, it is a little bit erotic, isn't it? it is, orogeny. Or, or, it's very hard to say that word without thoughts popping into your mind. Absolutely, but orogenesis or, or is mountain formation, isn't it? It's orogenesis, mm. and it, obviously origami is folding of rocks, basically Ooh. origami folding of paper. Right. Thank so, you. I hadn't spotted that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, and and I I think I've talked about. And I've blogged about this. I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but one of my favourite papers, um, scientific papers, it was a publication um, by some people at the Institute for Food, Food Research, which was based at UEA, Uni University of East Anglia in, in Norwich, near Norwich. Um, and um, they published an article in 1999 called, um, oh, Orogenic Displacement, from the air-water um, interface. So this was something about proteins. You know, when you have egg white, you make an egg white foam um, by whisking it, and you get a tiny little bit of egg yolk in there, and it absolutely buggers the foam, yes? Um, yeah. That's what, that's what happens. So you've got basically competitive adsorption not absorption so i know there's a couple of chemists listening um and co competitive adsorption on the surface of the air bubbles because that's what egg white is it's a it's a foam you've got the air bubbles and then you've got um some protein which is surface active so it's got water liking and and air liking parts and water and air don't like each other because they don't mix very well as you will notice um and um Anyway, so it displaces them. So you've got this different kind of 
surface active molecules in the yellow yolk um, that displace the the pro the air water stabilizing the sort of air water absorbing adsorbing surface active molecules in the egg white and it sort of displaces the foam and that was interesting to us at Pfizer when I was working on um, freeze dried protein so a lot of medicines that are designed to treat um, well, a lot of monoclonal antibodies for, for cancer treatment, um, just any kind of protein therapy. Proteins are large, floppy molecules. They're not very stable physically in solution. They're not very stable chemically because they've got lots of bits that can, can attack each other. So they go off. So you make a solution of them, a, a, a sterile um, solution of them with some uh, maybe a little bit of sugar in there um, and some... Uh, kind of pH adjusting, you know, buffers to make sure the pH is correct. So it's isotonic when it's injected into the into the blood. Um, but this these solutions aren't stable for very long. So what you do is you freeze dry them and you freeze dry them, which means you basically freeze them really cold to like minus 40. And then you draw a vacuum. And then that means you can sublime the ice. So the ice moves from being in a solid state to being in the gaseous state. And you right. end up with this lovely porous cake we call it a cake and it's 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 basically just sugar and protein and it's it's kind of it's it's amorphous that's it's, it's a glass it's not crystalline it's just a solid then you reconstitute it in the pharmacy you just add the water to it pure sterile water for water for injection to just add that and then you you know inject it into someone's um whatever mm. syringe driver or cannula that's connected to their their arm and um but we had a real problem with um, a glycoprotein that was being developed for stroke when I worked for Pfizer. It was right. for stroke, so a neutrophil inhibitory factor that was being developed to treat stroke. It didn't. It had no efficacy in the end. It didn't make it to market. But it was a glycoprotein, and glycoproteins are proteins that have got lots of sugar stuck on the surface, and they're very surface-active molecules. Glycoproteins are often added to beer to or in naturally occurring in beer. I'm never sure whether they're added to it to create the foamy head. And so when we reconstituted these these cakes, these, these lyophiles with this protein drug and, and other sugars in there, and it was kind of a highly glycosylated, lots of sugar on the surface of the protein. It was quite foamy, so when we added the water, it was foamy, and of course that meant you couldn't see whether it had any tiny particulates um, when you injected it into the blood that were going to mess up the circulatory system. And so um, it was dodgy, so we're trying to solve the problem, and that's why I read that scientific paper and the researchers at the UEA, gosh, I've gone off on one. I do apologise, listeners. <laughs> um, um, and, and that's why they called it orogenic displacement, because the way they studied it with, with atomic force microscopy, which is a form of mm. microscopy. Um, uh, anyway, I won't go into any detail about that. Um, and they studied it and they kind of watched it unfold and buckle from the surface of these these droplets, these, these bubbles. Um, and it was like... It looked like mountain folding the way that when tectonic plates collide mm. and 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 create these great faults and fissures and structures, it, it kind of looked like that. And so I'm sorry, I hope that's been interesting listening everywhere, everyone. Um, but I'd also like to pick up, whilst talking about geology still, going back to talking about geology, Tim, Chem Commando, is taking year nine along the southwest coast path between Minehead and Porlock. That's a, that's a hilly stretch. That's mm. that's the beginning of the salt path, isn't it? From from it the rain and wind book. That's hard. It's hard, yeah. So he's doing that. it in a moment, is he? Is that what he's so saying? Uh, the weekend on Duke of Edinburgh, mm. year nine. Is that bronze Duke of Edinburgh? That I assume, is... Tim. Um, year I nine. I suggest they take an extra water bottle or two. Yeah, it's going to be warm, isn't it? It'll be I warm. think so. Yeah. I think you want a respect, knapsack, a know, knapsack of water respect. on the back. I did my uh, Duke of Edinburgh's across Dartmoor, as I believe I may have mentioned before on this programme. That's uh, why you're there, isn't it? That's why you're back down on Dartmoor. You just were pining for the granite. You were pining for the granite. You know, those experiences we have there. So, like, those kids that he's taking on the Duke of Edinburgh's this weekend, you know, maybe something will go in deep, you know? There'll be hippies in Porlock at Porlock in 20 years' time, because Porlock is a, a veritable shrine of hippies. Is um, that right? I, I've, decided, it, uh, I've decided. I've decided. Top it mess is. of the north. <laughs> <laughs> is top mess full of hippies? I suppose it is a bit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Is. On Sunday, yes, bronze. There we go. And do you want to talk more about geology? Or have we done it? Uh, so well, I just uh, we were saying. I mean, I don't. I am no. I am no expert, but I just think the mysteries of it. I mean, it puts your crummy little concerns 
it does into it's... quite quite something you know this piece of rock has been here for 300 million years and i've just crumbled a bit off with my thumbnail it that is bit, a, you I, know I, I think I said that when we were at Harland. In fact, I think I recited my, my one verse poem to you, didn't I? Um, and it's a lot of yes. it's to do with the rocks and the, and the fact that things, man has had not much impact on that coastline. You know, yes, of course, our feet have. Our feet have had a bit of impact on that coastline, but there's not, you know, and there's a bit of fencing here and there might be a little bit of um, debris that washes up on the shore from, from um, flotsam and jetsam and all that sort of stuff. But... Um, you can look at the, the cliffs and the waves and the rocks and they've not really changed very much for, for thousands and thousands of years. And, and there's, there's no, you know, further inland, of course, there's evidence of farming and settlement and, and, and chopping down forests and all that sort of stuff. But um, on the coast, it's just, and it's really powerful. So I, I it's not the best poem in the world, but I'm going to recite it because it's short. When I go to Heartland, my soul is free. None of life's little problems really bother me. And it's like that, isn't it? You go, you can go there with a head full of crap and you can just breathe the sea air. You can watch the waves crashing against the rocks. You can look at those folds and fissures and faults and crevices and whatever you call them. And, and you just think, actually, my life's all right, really. Or all my life's insignificant, really, one or the other. And, um, and stop worrying about it. Just get on, enjoy it. And, um, and really, in the overall scheme of things. And then at the end of our walk, after we'd walked through that wooded valley and had a little poke around the church and that, we yeah. ended up back down at the coast. Uh, we had a little pint, didn't we? We did. And, uh, and some scampi and chips. And then we had a beautiful swim in the sea. And that, you know, swimming in the sea is absolutely reliably good for the soul, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. That swim in the sea was beautiful. Mm. And, um, you know, I think half the human um, human back hair was swimming in the sea that day. Um, That's right. Yeah. We, 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 you were in your of... pants and I'd remember trunks, but there we were, didn't mind. There were no kelp There were no kelp the coast forests. were offended by the sight of our manly, manly, of our back manly hair, backs. Yeah. You know, if they were, then, you know, shame upon them. They were, not, yeah. And, we didn't see any kelp forests, but some some human back hair forests were spotted. <laughs> um, anyway, there we go. Now, Tom, going out of our way to make ourselves attractive, there, aren't we? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I tell you what was really exciting, listeners. Yeah. Oh, just as we were walking down to the beach, I found on the beach one of those waboba balls that bounces on the water. Mm. I've just found it there, like a gift left for me by the by the goddess of the sea, That's or by right. some kid who went home without it we had a lovely i had a great old play with that marvelous left it on the beach for the next person to find happy days yeah and it was it was great wasn't it and you were slightly better at catching than i was um <laughs> i think um i don't think i was i think that's you seeing but, things through a lens yeah um, maybe um but i didn't have my glasses neither of us were remotely competent i, was, I don't know if I, I kind of worry about this because maybe the listeners at home are imagining that you and i are like the most finely honed, chisel-jawed, you know, <laughs> examples of masculinity. And I have to, you know, if they are thinking that, I feel I have to pop that balloon, you know. Oh. So, you actually, you know, we're both very ordinary men, you know. We're, we're not ordinary men. We're just normal, innocent we are, men. We are normal, innocent men. <laughs> you know. I'm hoping no. I need to snort now. We're just normal, innocent men. (laughs) Make noise like that. Um, Anyway, oh dear, that hurt. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that again. But um, well, I mean, honestly, it was a lovely, lovely, lovely thing to do. That was in the half term holiday. It was on the Friday of the half term holiday, and we Friday half term holiday, and then I had Monday off as well because we swap the bank holiday you know we were told we had to take the bank holiday somewhere else in a year so we just popped it on the next monday so i had that extra day off had a gorgeous walk on that monday a long walk up on the moor on dartmoor and uh an area of the moor i've never walked on before that i I don't think i have i don't don't remember ever walking on that way it does all look the same sorry to be rude about um dartmoor which is wonderful but you can walk on large tracts of it and think oh i think i've seen this before 
Um, <laughs> as with as with any stretch of coastline, in fairness, as well. But I think um, the actual bit I walked on doesn't come under that. I think it had a leet, and I really you had a leet. Indeed, oh, you I love a I love a leet, and and I love the 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 elite. Does everybody know what a leet is? Do you need to explain what a leet is for our our massive um, amount of so, listeners? I'll, I'll tell you what. I bet. The, they've walked. They've gone to uh, Cap Verde and walked on the Levadas. Is it? I think they're called Levadas in Cap Verde. Everywhere you go in the world, there's a special word for when you take some water off uh, off a natural stream or a natural river and you just work it along the um, along the contour. So you get these. You know, you're walking up some mountain and you get this little strange little man-made rivulet running along along the contour so it seems to be going completely flat but quite often with leets if you stand at a certain angle yeah. they appear to be going uphill you know absolutely there's one there's one on oh it's near ruse ruse tour is it or was that where you were i can't remember there's one near where the tavy where the where the tavy rises up above up above yeah. peter tavy um yes. and and i walked there and it, absolutely optical illusion because because the, you don't realize how fast the valley sinks away so the leap will yes. leave at some point it will leave the river it leaves the river and then it's going around the edge of a hill and if you're standing sort of halfway down the hill it, it's looking like the, it does absolutely look like the leap goes up the exactly. hill yeah. um, because the the kind of the valley looks sort of flat but of course when you walk down into the valley and you walk along the river you realize, you realize how steeply sloping yeah. the base of the valley is so and this course, has been done you know so a lot yeah. of Dartmoor it will have been done probably for tin mining purposes so they're probably taking the water off the river and taking it around the corner to wherever they're trying to rinse their um they're working. The yeah, they're working. So it's now, and they're now left there. They're maintained because they're a good way to get water to like a buyer for the for the beasts of one sort or another. But they, uh, I just find them rather magical. And then they've got tiny fish in them, and you're like, you know, how did you get here, fish, all the way up here? What were you doing? You know? Yeah. So I like elite, and then there were some lovely tours that were really satisfyingly like uh, like people had st- stacked massive pebbles on top of each other and things you know or you can see faces in them can't you a really good dartmoor tour is a really good thing to rest your eyes on and see what shape pop out of you anyway that was a beautiful walk and then i went down to to um dartmeet and i had a lovely paddle in the river down there where the two the east dart and the west dart meet yeah nice was- nice spot to have a paddle yeah beautiful and then the next day i got the you go back to school and you so, get the call you got the call um yeah, so hey I thought, well, you know i'm so happy and rested from my nice holiday and my walk with my friend and my solitary walk up on the mall that i really couldn't couldn't have it at a better time that was that was that was not bad timing actually was it it's better than in the last week of term or during sats week or something like that yeah, so um, well, sats, uh, last time i had them it was sats week and i didn't like it at all no because you have to f- teach some fake lessons to year six in the afternoon when the last thing you <laughs> want to do is that it's ridiculous um uh, anyway tim says the walk from elite also the drinking water for plymouth um apparently oh good, good local knowledge that um yeah, right what? Yeah, I suppose so. Some of the yeah. drinking water for Plymouth comes from Leeds. Not not all of it, does it? Must go to or does that feed reservoirs? I you don't just know. Anyway. Have thought there was enough, would you? Those no. Leeds are fairly, pretty much like little trickles, really, aren't they? Usually, yeah. but, but yeah. he would. If that if that's Tim 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 the um, Tim the Chem Commando, who's 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 a Dartmoor man. Yeah, he knows more about Dartmoor and more about all that than I do. So I'm not going to argue with him. No, no. I'm um, right. Ed, I can't get the news to load, but Tom Rogers, Captain Professor, Sir yeah. Brigadier Tom Rogers, he told me, read the scripts. So I'm, I, we don't need to do the news. I can't, don't think I can do the news, but I can do all the scripts. And I think this email is the up-to-date one. It was sent on Sunday, and today's only Wednesday. So that's good. So we're going to pause. I'm going to, sorry, everyone, you're not having a break from my voice. So I'm going to read the advertising scripts and the tech update script, which won't take as long as our normal seven or eight minutes. So Ed can have a little break, and then we're going to come back and talk about summer term madness um, and and the, the second half of the summer term madness and the sort of things that go in school and how you keep your head um, at this time of year as a teacher and, and the fun things and the crazy things that go on and about learning. Okay, let's do this first. Is that all right? So I'm going into... I'm not going to do it in a different accent, but I'm going to try and do it formally. Uh, 
With a Slack group are celebrating the launch of our new Luxborough Court School in Chigwell, Essex, with a very special one-day autism conference titled Enabling Inspirational Education, taking place on Wednesday the 29th of June from 10am at Luxborough Court School. The event is dedicated to providing practical advice to educational professionals working with neurodiverse children and young people. The event is free to attend and presentations on the day will focus on creating cultures of aspiration and excellence, supporting the emotional well-being of pupils, autism-friendly classrooms and managing challenging behaviour. So whether you're looking to add to your extensive understanding or are new to SEN and want to build your knowledge, this conference will offer an amazing opportunity to engage with experts and network with colleagues from across the sector. Don't miss your chance to claim a free ticket for what's sure to be a fantastic day. Visit www.withersslack, that's withersslack with no H in it, withersslackgroup.co.uk slash events to register or contact events at withersslack.co.uk for more information. Okay, um, and that's on the Wednesday the 29th of June from 10am at Luxborough Court School in Chigwell, Essex. That is about the Witherslack group. Next script, hang on, hang on a minute. Oh, I'm just seeing if I've got up to date. Was any comment? No, that's good. Okay, so next um, is now, this is from Steve Woods. This is the... Um, from Steve Woods about is this not this isn't two minute tech this is another advert from Steve Woods until the 15th of June we are the 15th of June today um, for educational support in IT and computer science Steve Woods is delivering a number of courses learn to program in Python is a free one hour course designed to start you on your way in Python coding everything works in a browser so there's nothing to install beforehand Join Steve remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the oh Wednesday the eighth of June. That's past four o'clock till five o'clock. Um, visit stevewoods.co.uk to start your journey. Okay, here's another one. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half term? That's all gone kind of past. Well, join Steve for two days and receive up to one thousand three hundred sixty bursary pounds terms and conditions apply aimed at secondary but primary teachers also welcome visit steve woods all one word steve with a v steve woods dot co dot uk to find out more oup smart curriculum service that's the oxford university press smart curriculum service the oxford smart curriculum service provides secondary schools with an evidence-based curriculum at key stage three and key stage four and it connects it with resources assessment next steps and cpd powered by oxford smart caboodle what makes oxford smart different for the first time curriculum is seamlessly connected with the resources assessment next steps and cpd needed to deliver that curriculum this curriculum coherence means all components work smoothly together gathering data to give you the insight you need to plan teach assess and monitor the progress of all your students effectively as well as providing a personalized and adaptive learning pathway for all your students oxford smart frees up your time to inspire a love of learning in your students and to spark awe and wonder in your class Visit OUP at global.oup.com to find out more. How did I do, everybody? Um, I'm back. So I quite like Oxford University Press. I don't do the full caboodle thing, actually. Mm-hmm. I quite like, I don't, don't mind their Activate um, biology, chemistry and physics books at um, Key Stage 3, you know. But I like to sort of, you know, dip in and dip out and kind of, steer my curriculum in my own way I have quite a lot of freedom where I am and but I find them as as, as when I want to use a textbook I find them pretty pretty useful um no textbook is foolproof no no um no textbook is perfect but I think um no point reinventing the wheel sometimes um anyway there we go hello Ed you're back in the room. I'm back. We're back in the room. Um, I thought that was estimable. I don't know if you do. You listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't know if you are I, a podcast man. I, I, 
No, I, and we're doing one now, really, aren't we? we yeah, this is no, more really. podcasts than, than radio shows. When you do listen to podcasts, do you like it when, instead of playing adverts, the two amiable hosts uh, <laughs> have a conversation which is tightly scripted, uh, which sort of takes the place of the advert? Do you know what I mean, what I'm talking about there? Sort of. I, 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 no, I don't listen to enough podcasts. I, the minor podcast I listen to a Radio to, uh, 4 podcast. Simon no Mayo and Mark Kermode's new um, uh, no, outing. Yeah. It is. I mean, they're always very well worth listening to. But I'm enjoying their their attempt at making the advertorial <laughs> uh, conversations sound convincing. <laughs> Simon is kind of more professional than Mark and yes. like has a real go at making it sound like they're actually having a conversation about a, you know VPN or something, you know. And uh, <laughs> you can hear Mark <laughs> that's not not giving a monkeys. And it's very entertaining. It's well worth listening to just for the adverts. Yes. I know yeah, okay, no, I think so. I I, I kind of Simon um Smith sent a tweet earlier on, didn't he, saying, um, I don't really, you know, I want to sort of unwind. I don't want to listen to yeah. teaching podcasts. And we've sort of said that ourselves, is that we're, we're continually baffled. Hello, listeners. Hello, listen back to catch up us yeah. and everybody. Well, I You're don't all think wonderful. we're really an education podcast. We, we, we haven't been so far today. <laughs> two chaps having a chat podcast. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think which I is think... fine. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with Simon on that one. He says, listen, when I'm away from school, I need to be away from school uh when i'm there i work very hard i get there early i come home yeah. late i work very hard in the middle when i'm not there i need to get my head out of that game i totally hear it yes um, yeah no so i, I think... listen to a lot of history podcasts myself it's much more what i listen to i think um, when we, when we're a friend of mine asked me about doing a music podcast actually i quite like to do that but but mm-hmm. it's, it's it's i don't want to stop doing this so it's I don't a crowd have... Wait, you don't have to stop do you? but it's a crowded no. market it's what a crowded market exactly i think that it is a crowded market and i think we've got sort of information overload really i sort of it'd be nice to you know i, I yeah, and I, I there's so much wonderful stuff on Radio Four and on BBC Sounds, uh, and that, that, but but I know there are brilliant podcasts beyond that too, and um, but you know that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. I think, and I think just on us before we do spend a little bit of time talking about something loosely linked to teaching, um, I think that this is Teachers Talk Radio, but I think that's why the Teachers Talk Radio powers at B and our handful of dedicated live listeners and are a handful of dedicated a couple few handfuls of dedicated listen backers you know like us is because we are we are just two blokes having a chat we're both quite eloquent we're both quite entertaining i think though it's not for me to say that um anyway ed <laughs> summer term madness what do you do what, Ain't what no do you, for the summertime blues is there summertime blues um it's a lovely time of year we're having some lovely weather at the moment it's a lovely time of year people are happier children are happier teachers are happier I think when the sun's shining, if it gets too hot in a classroom, maybe we're not happier. Maybe we're all a bit grumpy and we'd rather be outside um, Mm -hmm. or or on the beach or anywhere else but in a classroom. Um, But learning at this time of year, you know, once the end of year exams or the SATs or the end of term, end of year assessments are done or your GCSEs or your A-levels or or your lower sixth exams or your your end of year whatevers, it's a funny time of year in a school, isn't it, really? It is a funny time of year in a school. I've never had a summer term that went as I thought it was going to. They always just pile up. You know, you're like, oh, I've paired it all back. We moved sports day through to the autumn so that we could get that out of the way. And we did oh, this, we nice. did that. And then, well, we didn't at my school this year, but I've done it in the past. Said, let's do sports day in September. We'll good build idea. the teams. It'll be a good reason to get the kids and the parents all in. And, and uh, you know, you do everything you can to clear the decks. And then you just get this endless parade of leavers assemblies and big school trips that somehow, for some reason, ended up in the summer term and, and performances and this and that. And you just don't ever get a clear shot at anything. And that can be immensely frustrating if the reason you love being a teacher is that you like the relationships with the children and you like to see them progressing and making progress and you know getting better at something and you're finding every week gets shot away with a, mm. with a special this and special that i think a lot of teachers find it really difficult they say what i like is to see my kids getting better at the maths or whatever it is and 
yeah, I don't know. It can be a it can be a difficult time to be a teacher. And it's Payback harder. Is that it's light when you get home. It's light when you get home. For most of it, it that's not going to be the case. From September through to oh, about May, yeah. you're going to get home in the dark and you won't see the garden. And so, been, you get home and there's time for a couple of glasses of wine or gin and tonic or, or a mocktail or just a cold can of Coke, if that's your fan, what takes a fancy, um, in, in the garden, on the decking, on the terrace, on the balcony or, or in, your, in your ground floor basement flat or in your basement flat. Of that. Because yeah, absolutely. Can, it is dying. You know, something like, I don't know, you know, shout, shout out to all those teachers who were meant to write their reports over half term and it never quite happened and they've still got 30 to do and the head teacher saying they've got to be in by friday hats off to all those teachers who are desperately trying to get the year four through the times tables check i don't know year four times tables check is a thing and that's all is it a thing i i I, have just finished doing their year one phonics tests and those are fairly high stakes you know actually for those year one teachers they feel like that's something they've been working on all year and they just wish they got the four weeks more they need to get the end of term, but you can't because the deadline's coming, deadline's passed. You know, there's just so much that's nipping at your head and it's hot. Yeah, it is, it? exactly. Hot. Yeah, and I think I think it's it, it must be, yeah, I, I don't know, in, in, I, you know, I was in my independent school, things go extra bonkers because yeah. um, there's more trips and there's more... Um, end of year music concerts and there's yeah. art trails and 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 i know other schools do that but it's just if you if you're trying to plan and to still teach stuff um yeah you you can you can have a child that's missing from three lessons on the bounce so so obviously one doesn't so i'm 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 really enjoying my my teaching this term now this last few weeks of term so i've done my done my end of year um, year seven assessments, my end of year, year six, um, quite a few of those year sixes are leaving to go to grammar school in September, but, but quite a few are staying with us for their year seven and eight with us. And then year five, I've not done a science assessment. I've kind of just done a little bit of, bit of you know, in-class um, kind of stuff, nothing, no formal things. Um, and, um, yeah, doing a lot of outdoor you know, biology. So we went on a stamen hunt today with with a well, stamen and carpal hunt um, with with year six to kind of see, to kind of just look at the sheer variety of the male and female parts of the flower in 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 nature and how how varied they are. You know, compare a daisy with a rose with a bit of rhododendron. Yes, we do have rhododendrons in our grounds. I know I'm terribly posh um, and and all that sort of stuff. So so that's quite good. And then year five, we're doing sort of a bit of ecology and classification and and just, you know, looking at different sort of leaf shapes and doing some some um, what to call it. Um, you know, oh, God, I forgot the name of them now, you know, sort of um, keys. That's it. Classification keys and creating our yeah. own classification keys. So quite using leaves and, and, and other things in nature. So that's quite satisfying and outdoorsy. And then year seven are doing an independent research project. So I've stopped teaching content now. So they, um, you know, going beyond the, the kind of curriculum, you know, either on something related to space or something related to kind of um, inheritance and, and variation and DNA and, you know, genetics or something relating to periodic table history of history of of, of our understanding of, of that sort of stuff, um, and so just digging a bit deeper, going beyond the curriculum, um, just indulging their curiosity. So they're working independently; it's quite nice. So so freeing up my my planning and marking time, all of that for writing reports, which is obviously I like I like writing reports. Um, I am uh, yeah, so I, I quite enjoy writing them from scratch. And, and not using the whole cut and paste stuff, but, but I mean, you've I, got more. Um, it sounds more, to me like you've actually got some space in your life to write them. You've, you've yeah, yeah, exactly. I've, of... I've created a bit of space, and it's quite nice. I have that feeling. But then, but I, that's because I know that that you know, particularly the year sevens, they've got quite a lot going on. They've got we've got some other stuff. We've got some real world workshop going on. We're going to do sort of an apprentice meets dragon's den thing with them for a day. Real world? Is it all based around uh, well, not... Peter Gabriel, is it? Is it? Real world? No, yeah, real world. Exactly. We're going to go to WOMAD. Um, no, um, <laughs> no, it's more, yeah, just doing it sort of getting them working in teams of, of with different skills and, and having to sort of divide up the task. and you Teams, know. skills, tasks. This is sounding 
Yeah, and they're, they're going to design something interesting, like, uh, and yeah. then pitch it, pitch it to a bunch of judges. So it's it's a bit of a sort of working in the team that don't really like each other and having to develop tasks, a bit apprenticeish, and then not that the apprentice is real world. I know that, but that is how project teams kind of work in the real world, mm-hmm. but not with Alan Sugar and all that sort of blinged up nature of it. And then. Um, the Dragon's Den pitch is also not the real world, I know, but the idea of, you know, thinking about you know, all that sort of, you know, how you present your your idea and, and pitch it and and, and mon- not monetize it um, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, lots of different things go on. And it is, it is, it's not the best time of year for trying to teach anything new, I don't think, um, or, or anything that requires a bit of deep thinking. Um, so I'm not sure. I don't know if any secondary schools in year 10 um, or in year 12 um, or in, in years seven, eight, nine, for that matter, are trying to get the kids to learn the hardest parts of their curricula at this time of year um, or whether they're doing something a little bit more um, consolidatory or... I don't I wonder, know. Because there's a lot to crack through if you're going through a GCSE specification. Well, exactly. If you're in year 10, there's think. a lot to crack through. So I agree. But I, I, did, did children, you know, it's funny, isn't it? We're sort of happier at this time of year because it's there's that sun at the beginning and end of the day, potentially, which, which makes children happier too, I think, mm-hmm. rather than in January, which is dark and depressing. But there's not so much to distract us outside in January or February. Um, and then when we're fresh back into school after having a reasonable summer break in September and, and you know, we're on our best behaviour for a few weeks and we're just getting to know our new teachers and, and our new rhythms and our new routines, um, I think things are a little bit more efficient and effective at that time. Learning is, is a bit more efficient sort of the start of the autumn term, the start of the whatever you call it. I think the- so. I remember a presentation that I think at one of the... I think one of the very first brewheads that we ran, I think at the first, I think at the first brewhead Oxford, but I wouldn't want to be quoted on it, by a, a guy who'd done some academic research into the rhythms of the school year yeah, and teachers' perception of workload. Um, and he said that it was not actually about the amount of work people were asked to do. You could find schools where this was, it, the load was seen to be very, you know, very manageable and schools where people felt it was totally unmanageable, but it was the, the intelligence of the understanding of the rhythms of the school year, that there are times when things are hard. There's times when things pile up. So when you're looking at when do we want to write our reports and get them out, maybe don't leave it till the end of the summer term because people will be pinched for energy then anyway. Yeah. Even if they've just got their standard things. And he was like, you know, you can see, people's rhythms through uh, a calendar year there's times in a year when we feel more energized and times in the year when we feel less energized and if you plan your year intelligently around that you can support people i thought well there's still gonna still gonna be too much to do we know that well we we had a thing about reports report writings yeah report writing's really annoying if it happens really close to a parent's evening because you're mm-hmm. basically repeating yourself, you know, if, 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 it's, yes. if they're within six weeks of each other, it's sort of bonkers, I think. Um, but if, and so I think that's the end of year report is generally never anywhere near a parents evening for, for me anyway. And so that's quite, that's quite nice. But then we've introduced this year, a mid year written report. So we write instead, not before Christmas, because bonkers writing reports before Christmas, because you will have had a parents evening probably. And also, you know this crazy pre-christmas stuff so so that's quite hard work so we we write them in late january and early february and issue them basically february half term so the stretch from february half term till till now is actually not that long in terms of in the classroom but um our head felt that you know if we only write reports at the end of the year and have a parents evening in the autumn term and a parents evening in the spring term which is what we do um then we kind of um, you, you, half the children that we write reports for in the upper part of school are leaving, you know, so yeah. they, you know, they're leaving at the end of year six or they're leaving at the end of year eight, and and they're kind of like, well, you can't act on it. Whereas if they, if there's any purpose to a school report, and you know, like we could debate that another time, um, if there's any purpose to a school report, it must surely be to 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 
you know, there must be a bit of an action that comes out of it. And it's a bit frustrating. It's just they're a lovely kid, really enjoyed teaching them what they, a bit of work they did on their whatever toga that they made for the Romans or something um, was wonderful. And, and their, their performance in the Leavers play was excellent. Really missed them. It, you know, that, that's just, you know, you can sort of say that face to face, can't you? Um, and, and get, um, I think, I think there's a, that was quite an interesting point. So yeah, but report writing is, is it does put a lot of extra workload if you are marking end of year exams and, um, and trying to run, um, enrichment programs or something like that. Lucy wants to call in. Here she coming. Here, Lucy's in. Lucy, did she did she mean to try and call in? Has she done it again? Has Lucy done that by accident and then she's disappeared? She oh, she's done it again. Where is Lucy? Come on, I'm going to try. And, oh no, I can't now. Press the button. Sorry, Ed. Yeah. I, just, I just got a message for always by accident. What's Lucy? What do you do, Lucy? Answer by typing. What do you do that always, always by accident gets you to call in? Because I'm, I'm so different. Des- I think you have joined us once. Um, you just click it, tap a button. You're on your phone. You're on your phone. Noreen is commenting somewhere. She, maybe she's just laughing. I can't see. It. I'm trying to keep watch this screen because last week I got told off because I had bad Wi-Fi. I've actually moved downstairs this week. So my Wi-Fi is theoretically better. Um, I should just like the show. Anyway, Ed, I think we've yeah, talked man. about we've talked about summer term madness as, yes. as much as we can. Really, I think I think it's good, but I think I think it's just there's an inevitability that we're coming to the end of the academic year. That yeah. there's a, there's a little bit of a party vibe that can creep into the classroom. I am of course spoilt that that we only have five weeks this half term. You guys have got seven weeks probably. When do you most, knock most off? Of you. Then? When do you knock, knock off? Knock off Friday the 8th. Knock oh, off Friday mate. the 8th. Oh, mate. Maybe I... I don't I'll, know. I'll be a homeowner again by the time I come back to school in September, I hope. It should be pretty exciting. Um, yeah. Oh, nice, isn't it? So, um, I know. I think seven weeks is too much to ask anybody. Um, to, it is too much, isn't it? You guys... I believe it is too to, much. To yeah, Friday the 20-something, you've got to go to 25th or something like that. Of July, yeah, around about my birthday, isn't it? I yeah. always end up breaking up either on my birthday or like a day either side. So, um, well, I think, but that's nice that. having a birthday. Your if your birthday was three or four days later, it would always be right at the beginning of the holiday. Whereas, um, that's quite nice, I think. Whereas mine, no, I'm very, all... I say, I'm very rarely at school on my birthday, but yeah. I'm very quite often. Last year was perfect. Last year we broke up on the twenty third, jumped in the car, drove down to London, woke up in London for my party at my friend's house on on my birthday. You know, yeah, what a great way to just say, "There's the end of the year." Draw a line exactly. under it. Thank you. Now we're it was mine's end of August, which is lovely. I've never been at school um, for, mm-hmm. for my on my birthday. I've been at work on my birthday a few times um, yeah. on the farm down in Devon and and at Fraser's um, or at Zenaker. Um but. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not quite because you're starting to think, "Oh, I'm back at school in a week." Um, yeah. yeah, you got that back to school feeling by the end of August, um, and and the evenings are drawing in um, as well. So I think end of July is better than end of August for a birthday myself. Um, anyway, Ed, have you got any tunes for us? Um, well, while we've been chatting, I've been googling. I was going to do your too darn hot by Cole Porter. Yeah. But- I can't find any easy ukulele chords for it, which I find very hard to believe, but I've searched the internet and there isn't. So instead you're getting Eddie Cochran. Oh, brilliant. Love it. Covered by The Who, live at Leeds. You might sing along. I'm going to raise a fuss, I'm going to raise a holler. I've been working all summer just to try to earn a dollar. Every time I call my baby, try to get a date My boss says no dice, son, you gotta work late Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do But there ain't no cue for summertime summertime blues Well, my mama probably told me, son, you gotta make some money If you wanna use a car to go out riding next Sunday 
like I told the boss I was sick Me can't use a car cause you didn't work a lick Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do But there ain't no cure for the summertime Should we do verse 3 as well or is that enough? Keep going, keep going We haven't even finished on time yet I'm gonna take two weeks, I'm gonna have a fun vacation I'm gonna take my problem to the United Nations Congressman, and he said, "Quote, I'd like to help you, son, but you're too, too young, young to vote. vote. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do. But there ain't no cure yeah, for the summertime blues." Yeah. Oh, we've been on air for fifty-nine minutes and forty-nine seconds. Ed, oh, we could finish on time. We've never done that. Let's finish on time. It's a world record. It's been lovely speaking to you. Back next uh, week. We'll decide what we're speaking about then. Take care. Take I don't care. know if I can get the theme music to play. So it might just Long be... prosper. Be good. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Ed. Take care. See Speak you all. Soon. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Bye. No, I can't get the theme music to work. Oh, hang on. I'm just going to... If I put that in the bin, can I get it to work now? No, I had a problem with the music. So you've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio, the late, late show with Toby Paynebrook and Ed Finch. Um, and it is now over. Thank you and good night. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.